0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, so I'm calling this Nick at Night. He came with his own preconceived ideas of how to have eternal life, and Jesus blew him away and said, no, you must be born again. That's the answer to eternal life. Would you like to find out that answer, especially how can you witness to other people? Join me for the broadcast today. Let's have a good time together.
1: For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian.
0: Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Good to have you here today. Want to welcome those that are watching for the first time, welcome. Glad you're here and I know you're gonna enjoy it. And uh, usually if you get watching for a while, you get hooked because, Really, I'm a teacher, okay? I'm a pastor and teacher, and I pastored for 33 years, taught at Rhema Bible Training Center. Uh, I teach at Bible schools today, as well as in churches, and also in uh, ministers' conferences. So I just love teaching the Word of God. And 33 years of pastoring, I taught Old and New Testament, verse by verse. And on Sunday mornings, I taught topics, but Sunday night, it was New Testament books. On Wednesday night, it was Old Testament books. Just went through them a verse at a time. And so, honestly, now that I'm teaching here on the on the uh, broadcast, student of the word, that's why I call it student of the word. I'm right back to what I was. I'm treating you like your Bible school students. I'm not gonna give you a test, of course. There's none of that. But what you're gonna do is by the time this broadcast is over, you're gonna be smarter in the things of God. And I'm not claiming I have all the smarts. I just have studied for many, many years and have some. And what I have, I share to you. I stand in line with a lot of other ministers who have a lot of smarts to share with you. And so, just glad you're joining with me today. And today, I wanna come to the greatest miracle of all. And it's not cancer being healed, it's not, you know, raising people from the dead. It's the new birth. Here this is an unseen and unfelt miracle, okay? It happens on the inside of you. It happens in the unseen part to us, but very well seen to God. The moment you become a believer, you trust, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, your spirit is reborn. And literally this is what we're going to talk about today. You must be born again. And in that case, then uh, the reason why we have to be born again is because when Adam died, he passed that death on to everybody. And we're born spiritually dead. We're born separated from God. We're born sinners. And so we come into this earth immediately needing redemption but God offers it to us as a choice. He offers it to us as something we can say, I want I want that, my will is involved. And so when you do accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, what happens is you're removed from Adam and placed into Jesus Christ. You die in Adam, you're reborn into Jesus Christ. And so that's what Jesus means, you must be born again. Your first birth will not take you to heaven. Your first birth automatically sentences you to hell. But the moment you accept Jesus, then your spirit is reborn and in Adam all die, but in Christ shall all be made alive. And you are not cast into hell because of the sins you committed. And You don't go to heaven because your lack of sin. You don't go to heaven because you were nice and sweet or even, even went to church a lot because religious uh, people are often the hardest to win. And that's where we're going to go today. And so again, we find it and in the word of God, when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you become a brand new creation. That's 1 Corinthians chapter five, a brand new creation. Old things passed away, all things have become new. And so this is the the new birth is the new creation. So we're going to talk about that today, the greatest miracle of all, because every other miracle is temporary. If you get healed from arthritis, it's for while you're here on earth. If you get healed from a heart attack, it's while you're here on earth. And those types of miracles are wonderful. We can see them with the eye, they bring rejoicing, but oftentimes we don't realize this isn't what the angels rejoice over. Angels rejoice over one person that receives Jesus as Lord and Savior, not over the sick that are healed, not over the the cancer cases that are delivered, none of those things, no, we do. And that's wonderful. And Jesus even used those temporary miracles of healings and, and, and setting people free and that so he could get an eternal miracle into them, and that is the new birth. And so today we're gonna talk about receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior, and this one happened to happen without a a miracle attached to it, I mean, a physical miracle. He didn't come to Jesus, and he was sick and diseased and dying, no. He came to Jesus, and he wanted to know how to be born again, and the man's name is Nicodemus. We're gonna find out that Nicodemus came in the nighttime. In fact, I'm calling this Nick at night, so if you want to understand uh, what that means, Nicodemus came at nighttime, and he wanted to meet Jesus. And the reason why he wanted to meet Jesus was he'd never heard teaching like this and never seen a man do what this man was doing. So turn to John chapter three with me, if you would today, while you're turning there again, thank you for those who are committed to the ministry. Thank you for those who stand beside me. Thank you for those who are basically, as Jesus had a group beside him called Disciples, I have a group beside me called Disciples, and you just make this ministry possible. Your faithfulness every single month to send in the offering, whether it's $5 or $50 or $100 or more, thank you for the commitment that you have to me. And thanks to those that have been giving for some time and just and just simply call in or write in and Tell I'm going to increase it. Thank you so much. You know why? Because if you give out of love to God and to people, you will profit. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. And that is, if you give to God for the right reason, because you love, it says that it will cause you to profit. And if the profit and as the profit keeps coming up, you can increase your giving. So again, I thank you for that. If you'd like to become a partner with me, then go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place on my website there where you can become a partner with me. Thank you so much ahead of time. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 7 is Nick and Nicodemus. We often stop in verse 7 where he says, you must be born again. And we quote later on from there. But, you know, but really John three sixteen. that's part of this sermon that was given to Nicodemus. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. As God lifted up the, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, and those that looked upon Him were healed, so the Son of Man will be lifted up. And Jesus was pointing to the fact He is the author of the new birth. And so Nicodemus really came at night and, and to, to, to Jesus, because really He had a reverential uh, attitude toward him. He saw this man, saw how he operated and just wanted to know, who are you? What are you doing here? And Jesus jumped right into the new birth right with this religious man went to it. So let's take a look at verses one through seven. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So he was there in Jerusalem, one of the rulers of the Jews. And it says the next verse, and he came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. Once you notice what he said, he said, Rabbi, he dressed him as a teacher. And that was probably just to, not to impress Jesus, but just recognize the fact there's a call of God you. He looked at all the rabbis around him. He looked at all of those uh, Pharisees around him and the rulers of the Jews around him, and knew that they were there because they had a call from God. And I think this man was sincere in the midst of a lot of insincerity, in the midst of a lot of people who had titles, and were seeking to go after people and get their riches from them, or whatever they could get from them. There was a man there with a truly honest heart named Nicodemus looking for God, and he saw this in Jesus. And Jesus was not a Pharisee. He was not a ruler of the Jews, but yet the stamp of God's approval was upon him, and he just wanted to know so he came to Jesus at night not because he was trying to sneak around and not get caught. He was a busy man. I mean all the things that these that they did was so much. We'll get into that a little later, but he was so busy finally as he had a little chance, he went and met with Jesus, probably made an appointment with him, and he came to him and said, "Rabbi, we know you're a teacher come from God." Notice what he called him, a teacher come from God for. No man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. Folks, a teacher teaches. A teacher doesn't do signs and wonders and miracles, although that can happen. But you're talking mainly of the evangelist or the prophet or the apostolic call on a person where signs and wonders and miracles greatly follow them. And Jesus just outnumbered that. I mean, the number of miracles he did all day long, every single day was incredible. But I want you to notice he said we call, he called him a teacher come from God. Then he went on to say, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. What was he doing here? He simply was saying, I know you're a teacher. I've heard some of your teaching, but you know, it's these miracles that really fascinate me. I'm a teacher too. You know, I'm a ruler of the Jews. We all teach, you know, the the Torah, the Old Testament, but you come along and there's signs and wonders and miracles following you. He says, How do you do this? Now, I want you to notice what Jesus did. He went right through all of this stuff. He went right through all of the trying to butter him up and find out what, you know, made him what he was. And in verse three, Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Boy, Nicodemus was going, that's not what I asked. But good Lord, what is this born again? Nicodemus did not look at it in any spiritual sense, although the Old Testament is filled with spiritual things, spiritual analogies. And, you know, with the temple and the different things in the temple and the tabernacle, all those different things displaying areas of redemption. He just went I mean, this one right out, went right over his head. And Nicodemus said to him in verse four, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Water represents the Word of God. In Ephesians chapter five, we are washed by the washing of the water of the Word of God. He says, Unless you come to me by the authority of the Word of God and by the leading and power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It has nothing to do with your pedigree, has nothing to do with your title, has nothing to do with the fact you're a Pharisee, has nothing nothing to do with the fact that you're religious and has nothing to do with the fact that you think you've committed so little sin. In fact, later on, Jesus will run into the rich young ruler, uh, which the rich young ruler is going to brag about all the things he's done, and Jesus is just going to cut him right down. The fact that none of these things will get you into heaven. It takes something supernatural. You can do your best and do your best effort, and struggle and strive to live a good life. All right, there is morality. In fact, oftentimes you find some more morality among unbelievers than you do believers. But Jesus just bypasses all of this and comes right down to this: the new birth is supernatural. And he says, "Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God." That which is born of the flesh is flesh. He said, "If you want to know about physical birth, if you come for, if you're looking at your physical body, you're born of flesh. But what's born of the Spirit?" is spirit. Your spirit on the inside, small s, is born of the Holy Spirit, capital S. And he's simply saying, you must be born on the inside from the spirit man on the inside. And that's why he says in verse seven, marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Let me give you what Nicodemus's plan was. Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And the Pharisees were the most devout religious group in Israel. They were hypocritical deceiving people to get their money and their loyalty from them. But in this religiousness, he was also sincere. He probably saw a lot of things going on. He had disapproved of, but he thought this is the only way to get to heaven. I've got to be a Pharisee. I want to be a good believer. I want to be a good one to get into the kingdom of God. And he was doing all these things that he thought were correct and even could be found in the word of God. But none of these things were given to receive Jesus. None of these things were given to go to heaven. None of these things were given so he could have eternal life. And he came on the wrong basis in coming to the Lord with all of the pedigrees and titles. He had heard of Jesus, his miracles and teaching to the people. He probably wanted to offer him some help. He could help Jesus maybe not get so upset by the religious leaders and how to, how to deal better with political leaders. And Jesus just went right past that. And he hit the nail on the head with, you must be born again. He met with Jesus at night because as a Pharisee, he was busy throughout the day. We're told of the Pharisees, they fasted twice a week. They tied the income right down to spices and herbs in the garden. And these guys then watched over everybody else to make sure they were keeping the law as they said it. And so this man, again, probably filled with human good and filled with all these things, thought, surely heaven belongs to me. But what Jesus said swept away his foundation in one phrase except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It comes down to this. You may be watching this broadcast right now and you've never been born of God. So how in the world does that happen? Romans 10 verses nine and 10 gives us the simple answer to it. If you'll believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and confess with your mouth that he's not only your savior, you commit your life to him as the Lord of your life, you will be born again. That's the simplicity of it. Doesn't say you have to do this in church or do it at home, you can do it wherever you are. You can be in the car, flying on an airplane, wherever you are by receiving Jesus Christ, it is a gift. And John chapter one tells us the very opening of the book that as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. You wanna become a son and daughter of God, part of his family, then simply open up your heart, receive him as the Lord and the savior of your life and commit your life to him and you will have eternal life. I will see you right after the break.
1: In chapter nine, verse two, Job asked the question, But how can a man be righteous with God? On our own, not one of us can ever approach God. A sinful human cannot be joined to a righteous God. A mediator must come in between and draw the two together. The cross of Jesus is where God and man meet. The only thing that can unite man with God is the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Our redemption is an in-depth seven-part study on the redemptive work of Jesus Christ by Pastor Bob Yendian. Message titles include, The God-Man, Son of the Living God, The Character of God, The Virgin Birth, Jesus, Our Scapegoat, The Heart of the Earth, and Reconciled to God. To order Our Redemption, visit our website at
0: bobyendian.com. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Many years ago, I wrote the book called God's Word to Pastors, and now I have updated it. Many new things I have seen from the Word of God applied into this book, and you're gonna be greatly blessed by it. I'm called to be a pastor. I trust you are too. And you will wanna get this book and become greatly impressed by what Paul had to say to pastors in Acts chapter 20, as well as what Jesus Christ has to say to you today. This is my book, God's Word to Pastors.
1: To order your copy, visit our website at bobyandian.com. visit our website at bobyandian.com and click
0: on partnership. As Nicodemus came to Jesus at nighttime, we again find out that he came with his pedigrees. He was called, you know, he was a leader of the Jews and he was a, he was one that had been uh, working for God for a long time in the Jewish religion, but he didn't know God. It's one thing to say you're working for God. It's one thing to call yourself religious. It's another thing to call yourself a member of the family of God. And that's why Jesus said, except you be born again. Boy, that must've just swept him off. He'd never heard that phrase. That's not a phrase found in the Old Testament, although the truth of it is there. And, you know, even with Abraham, Abraham started as a Gentile and he became the first Jew. Well, what made him the first Jew? It's not that he had a sudden craving for bagels or anything like that, or suddenly, you know, started talking, you know, uh, more like a Jew because there was no Jews at the time. No, what happened was, is he accepted the Lord. Abraham had faith in the Lord. It was accounted to him for righteousness and the Jewish a nation was founded on a man that gave his life to the Lord. And so in the New Testament, we call that the new birth. And the new birth actually came into being after Jesus became the first begotten. We become the second, third, millionth, billionth on down the line of receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. This man came to Jesus wanting to know, and he had a lot of things. We know you're a man sent from God, you do miracle signs and wonders. Uh, can I meet you? Can I help you? Can I? And Jesus just went right to the core and said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the king kingdom of God. What Jesus did with Nicodemus was he dismissed all of his religious rules. He dismissed all the fasting, the tithing, the praying, the almsgiving, the good works, the circumcision, keeping of the Sabbath, observance of the feast, sacrifices, offering, his Jewish pedigree, his attainments and status as a member of the Sanhedrin. He just brushed all that away, and went right to the core of which anybody can do. Anybody can do this. He said, except you be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And simply pointed out all this other stuff in your life, it may be some good stuff. And listen, I don't wanna get away from the fact that good works are necessary, but not to go to heaven. No, good works are after you're saved. After you receive Jesus, after you become born again, as Jesus said, that's when you can begin tithing to the Lord, praying to the Lord, giving offerings to the Lord, your good works, and the keeping of the Sabbaths or whatever days, you know, Sunday, again, a day we dedicate to the Lord, it's no more holy than any other day, and you might observe Christmas and Easter in a brand new fashion like you never had before. And so all these things again are after you're saved. In fact, Ephesians chapter two verses uh, eight through 10 says that we uh, trust in the Lord, put our faith and trust in him. We're saved by grace uh, through faith, but it goes on to say we are saved unto good works, not by good works. We're saved by simple faith, but after we are saved by faith and faith, manifests itself to the world around us in the good deeds that we do. Nicodemus must be born again because why? He came to Jesus as a man dead in his trespasses and. this is how we are all born into this earth. We come of the seed of Adam. In Adam all die. When Adam was placed into this earth and Eve was placed into this earth, they were alive unto God, they were in His image placed here on this earth. But the moment they listened to Satan and they followed his plan and turned from God, they died spiritually on the inside. And because they died spiritually, all the children that come from them are born to this earth spiritually dead, separated from God, lost and dead in our trespasses and sins. We're born that way. David even said, and in sin did my mother conceive me. It's not because that she had him out of wedlock. A lot of people try to make that, make that thing. No, no he's simply saying, my mother conceived me and And when she did, I was dead by the time I was born, spiritually dead, physically alive, spiritually dead, separated from God. So that in essence, what God says is, and the reason why he calls the new birth exactly that, the new birth, is because you need to die in Adam and be reborn into Jesus Christ because everybody born of Adam is dead. Everybody born of Jesus Christ is spiritually alive forevermore. But you have the choice. The moment you make that choice, you die in Adam and you're transferred over to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when we stand before God, this is, you know, this is the common answer when you witness to somebody. Do you think if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? And most people say, yes, I'm moral. I've, I've been faithful to my wife, my children. I'm a good provider. And they start naming all the good things and they simply say this. I've done some things wrong, but I think all the good things I have done, which go on day after day, outnumber the bad things I have done, which is from time to time. And I think because that God's going to let me into heaven. And my answer to that is, well, if that's true, why did Jesus have to come and die? Because the Bible doesn't declare you're going to heaven or going to hell because of the good things or the bad things you've done. You're going to heaven and you're going to hell for one reason. You go to heaven because you accept Jesus Christ and you are born again. You go to hell because you reject Jesus Christ and you are automatically, as in Adam, dead and that carries over into eternity. You have a lifetime while you're here on earth. And if that lifetime is 20 years, 50 years, 80 or 120, You have that time on earth to make up your mind to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Jesus said, whosoever lives, and believes in me, she'll never die. You only have the chance while you are living on this earth to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you do, then yes, you'll go to heaven. When you stand before God in heaven, you're not gonna be able to stand there and say, well, my good outweighs my bad. What you're going to say is, in fact, most people say this, I think I've been better than the average guy. In other words, Lord, I don't know who this guy is standing beside me, but I bet you I lived a better life, more moral than he did. You're not gonna go to heaven because of the good deeds you have done. In other words, God is not gonna judge you as an individual of Wheat separated from the individual stalk of wheat standing beside you, and God will judge you individually. No, it's not going to happen that way. You are not judged because you are separate from somebody else, and God looks at you different than anybody else. No, we're judged for one of two things you are either in Adam or you are in Christ. You are either in Adam, which is a dead tree, you are a branch, you are not a stalk of wheat coming out of the ground with your own root. No, you came from uh, God Himself. And again, when Adam sinned, you are part of him and he was a dead tree. The reason why you're dead is the tree you're attached to is dead. But one day you were removed from him when you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior and became born again. You were taken out of that tree and placed into a living tree. Now you are a living branch because of who you're attached to, not because you're so hot and you're so great. No, and because of that, when I stand before God, if he even asked me the question, which he won't, but if he did, why should I let you into heaven? I'm gonna say because I, one day, I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I died in Adam. I was reborn into Jesus Christ. And now I have eternal life. And God will say, that's it. The only reason you're coming into heaven is because you're attached to Jesus. The reason why you go to hell is you're attached to Satan himself through Adam and this physical birth that you have here. Nicodemus must be born again. Why again? Because he was dead, lost in his trespasses and sins. He could not redeem himself through good works because a dead man can't make himself alive again. It takes some force on the outside to take you and make you born again by the power of God, the Holy Spirit, and by the word of God. You are born into this life without any effort on your part. Nicodemus' response was, how? He didn't say why, he said how. He looked at it totally physical, thinking natural, not religious, not even spiritual at all. He'd studied the Bible since he was a child, memorizing great portions of scripture, but he never read any part of any book that taught a new birth. This is the plan of salvation. John chapter 1, Verses 11 through 13, and I talked about this at the beginning of the broadcast, it says in John 1, 11 through 13, he came to his own and his own received him not. That was the Jewish nation. But as many as did receive him, this is Jews and Gentiles, he gave them power or authority to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name, who were born not of blood, that's your physical birth, but of the will, and not by the will of the flesh, not just making your mind up, I'm gonna go to heaven, nor by the will of man, but by the will of God. Not of blood, salvation doesn't come by any natural descent, nationality, color, or saved parents attending a church will not give you the new birth. The country you live in, people often say, well, I was in the United States, I must be a Christian because that's our national religion. Well, the point of it is, no, you come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior by the fact you were presented the gospel, you made a choice and you made a choice to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, not of the will of the flesh. The flesh only wants to work, earn for, or deserve what is received, not by the will of man. Salvation is not a human design. Man designs religions, which cater to the work ethic of man with religion. Man does all the work, God receives it, and man gets the credit and man gets the glory. He went on to say, last of all, but it's by the will of God. What is the will of God? God does all the work. Man receives it and God gets all the credit and God gets all the glory. Well, let's talk about this. Nicodemus came to him, but what's the next time? Nicodemus got saved. He must have listened to Jesus, went back and later on received him, because we're not told right there he received him, but he went back and meditated over what Jesus had said. The Holy Spirit began to work on him. And next of all, we find Nicodemus defending Jesus. John chapter 7, verse 45 through 51, Then came the officers of the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, Never did a man speak like this man. Then the Pharisees answered him, Are you also deceived? Right there standing among was Nicodemus. And listen, it wasn't deception. These others were deceived. Nicodemus now saw it. And he says in verse 48, Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? But these people who know not the law are cursed. Nicodemus said to them, He who came to Jesus by night, being one of them, Does our law judge any man before it hears him and knows what he did? Apparently before this time he was and they've given Jesus the time of day but he got so interested in what he was doing, pricked him on the inside, convicted him on the inside of who he was and what he was, went to talk to Jesus and had no idea he was gonna pop out this phrase, you must be born again. Nicodemus was taken off balance, didn't know what to do. Listen to what Jesus said, went back home and meditated on it and apparently became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, well, that's kind of flimsy evidence to say he became a believer. Well, let's read to another one. John chapter 19, verse 38 through 40. This is after Jesus Christ was Crucified and Joseph of Arimathea, also a believer of Jesus, but also fearful of telling it to the Jews. It says in those verses of scripture here, after Jesus was taken off the cross, after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. In other words, you guys don't need him. This controversy, I just got a tomb over here. i put him in my tomb. Pilate gave him leave or it gave him, again, Yes, he gave him permission to do so. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night. Three times he's mentioned the word of God. First time is an unbeliever. Next of all is probably a believer. This time, definitely a believer. He actually knew what Jesus did on the cross and helped to take him and bury him. And it says again, Nicodemus, which at first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then they took the body of Jesus and wrapped it in linen clothes with spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. By now, Nicodemus didn't care what the crowd thought. I love that, don't you? (laughs) He was standing up for Jesus no matter what the cost. Nicodemus spent a personal fortune because this 100 pound weight that he bought of mers and aloes, to buy that and bury Jesus cost him a personal fortune. Now his good deeds were a result of salvation, not a means of salvation. Oh, how wonderful that is. Again, I wanna say to you, maybe you thought about in the first half of the broadcast when I presented Jesus Christ to you, how about I'll lead you in a prayer? a prayer to accept Jesus Christ. Would you just close your eyes with me if you've never accepted Jesus? And listen, if you have, pray along with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I commit my life to Jesus Christ once and for all. Father, I get off the throne of my life and let Jesus Christ sit there and have control of my life from now on. He's not only my savior, he is my Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. See you next time. You
1: can order resources, become a partner,